Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. John, good morning. Good morning. So this time of year, like, is this more exciting for you? Is it just normal business? No, it, it picks up because now you see everything in significance. I mean, everything is now so important. Uh, the games get bigger. Surprises sometimes happen. Sometimes they don't. But no, you, you love this time of year now because it's all what you're looking for. The meaning of where this season's supposed to go. Before we get to the actual games, we were talking a lot yesterday about the Hall of Fame finalists, and we know you're extremely involved in that. So I want to start there. And specifically, we were pleased and and really not surprised that Jason Taylor uh, is a finalist in his first year. Uh, What do you think the odds are that that he actually gets in his first year? You know, it's sometimes it's hard. I mean, I think Ladanian Tomlinson has the best chance, but the fact that Jason has the sack numbers, you know, the long career, all those different things, you know, puts him in a spot where he's going to be competing for it. I mean, if he doesn't make it, the key is just making sure he makes the top 10. Because if he makes the top 10, there's a good chance within a year or two he can make it. But he's got a shot. I mean, Brett, it was four guys that we were figuring out yesterday that we think are locks this year. It was Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, Terrell Owens, Kurt Warner. What do you think about Terrell Owens and Kurt Warner this year? I think uh, T.O. makes it this year. You know, there's no guarantee on Kurt. There's always going to be some debate because in the middle of his career, he had some, you know, he's back up and he really didn't get a chance to play everything. But I think the fact that he went to a second Super Bowl gets him pretty close to getting in. So this might be it, but there's no guarantee. And we were talking about, you know, because Brett obviously played center his whole career. We were talking about Kevin Mawai a lot yesterday. What do you make of Mawai? Well, I was, I'm really pushing for him because, yeah. I mean, he's a special center. In fact, uh, that was my uh, big thing. One of my big things this offseason is trying to, you know, help out as best I can just to get him into the room. Because when you look at centers, I mean, there's a uniqueness about Kevin that is so special because, one, he had the long career. But, two, he was such a good athlete. He's one of the few centers that was actually a pulling center. I mean, he would pull outside the, uh, the, t- the tackle and knock people down. I mean, he was that good. And he was always so good at finishing plays. And so I was was just pleased that uh, last year he did not make the top 15 he made the 15 so at least now he is, is in the conversation I was surprised to see Jimmy Johnson wasn't a finalist is that like what's what's to make of that it's just uh, it's just hard with coaches. I mean, you take a look, even like Don Coryell's made it now for several years, and I know that say that after Tony Dungy made it last year, but, I mean, you look at that list of players, and usually I and all the people in the room tend to lean toward the players. And so the players are the ones that uh, go out there, they make the plays. That's why I wish at some point that the coaches would move over to the contributor category because if that's the case, then Jimmy Johnson would make it, uh, you know, reasonably soon because now it's a yes or no vote i mean you can see that uh, coaches you know they get sometimes left out when you're coming there but again it's a player's league and so in a lot of ways the players knock out the coaches yeah because for me you know jimmy jimmy left the cowboys 20 years ago and we still talk about jimmy's effect on the cowboys and and how jerry jones is 
never going to be able to do it, you know, without Jimmy Johnson. We still talk about that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, No, there's no doubt. I mean, is he worthy? Absolutely, 100%. But then the problem remains just, uh, you know, where does he fit in when you're talking about players? And, you know, Brett, you look through that list and it's like, all right, so what player are you going to knock yeah. out for a coach? Yeah, yeah I, I, I find that hard to believe. I think the whole reason why these guys are winning football games is what's going on between the white lines, not exactly what's going. The only one that I could see possibly knocking anybody out for is a Bill Belichick scenario. Right. And my question for you is, is it ever going to be possible to void the five-year waiting period to give a guy a nice little head bust? And I'm talking about Tom Brady. Like, I was talking to my friend and saying, is there any way to get that guy in there now? Like, just skip the whole process. Well, you wanted to, to play while, while he's all the fingers. While he's playing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not going to change that, and you know, and we've seen that uh, because I mean, I got, a guy like a Tio. I remember last year talking to Tio during the uh, during the season. And, you know, I, I could hear in his voice that he wanted to still play. And, of course, he was – I said, well, wait a second. Uh, you know, if you would do that, I mean, you know, you're within a, a couple months of a vote, and he didn't care. I mean, you've you got to give a time so that you can judge the whole career. And I know there's not going to be much to judge as far as Tom Brady's going to make it automatically as a first ballot. But, no, you need to wait the five years. Oh, yeah. If you're a guy like Terrell Owens, you, you, can't, you can't get out there and play because you're resetting the entire clock. He's so close to getting in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you can't do that. All right, let's talk about the Dolphins this weekend. Dolphins and Steelers. Uh, the weather is supposed to be rough, okay? Uh, low of nine. The wind may make it like zero. We're talking about in the teens for most of the game. Is, is there an advantage one way or the other? Because we know the Dolphins, they want to run the football. Yeah, but there's a further advantage now, I think, for Pittsburgh in those elements because now it makes it even tougher for Matt Moore to be able to pass you know, because now there's going to be some limitations in what he's going to be able to do throwing the football. And so all that means is the Steelers get to stack the box and try to take away the run. And if they can do that, that takes away a lot of the offense for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, if Ryan Tannehill, the coach said that if Ryan Tannehill were to practice, now he, he doesn't think it's going to happen, but he said that if Ryan Tannehill were to practice on Friday, just one day this week, that he wouldn't necessarily have a problem with him playing on Sunday. If Ryan Tannehill, let's say is a 50% Ryan Tannehill, do you think the Dolphins have a better shot with him at 50% than Matt Moore? No. I think that uh, you can, you just can't risk it. I mean, it's an ACL, it's an MCL. Why risk a further big injury? I mean, first, in many ways, you know, Ryan Tannehill dodged the bullet that it was not a complete tear of the ACL and had to come back from the whole surgery and a reconstruction and all that. So why press it? I mean, it's, uh, I just think that's too much of a risk. And particularly, I mean, you're going out there, you don't know how bad the field's going to be. I mean, it just you, you just risk too much damage to be able to do that. So to me, I think that's just talk. And constantly with that frigid condition, that knee, is never going to be warm. You know, you're going to be sitting on the sideline. Granted, the benches are heated, but still, in that cold weather, I would not want to go ahead and put a, a linky little tendon or ligament on blast like that. No, I think it's just too much, too dangerous. I mean, I think you'd pretty well scratch him for the entire playoffs. I mean, it's nice to be able to dangle the carrot while he's trying to rehab to say, okay, he might be able to do this and might be able to do that. But, I mean, it's just too big of a risk. He's the franchise quarterback. I think, uh, I think, John, that in Dominican Sue, this is a big spot for him this weekend. We know how good he is, okay? It's the third time that he's going to play in the postseason after he played twice with Detroit. But, you know, the, the Dolphins paid him a ton of money to, to help get this team to the postseason. And then once they get to the postseason to make plays. Yeah, but uh, it's still even as well. And he's done a good job this year. He's played yeah. well, but they can't stop the run. I mean, that's the thing. What are they, 30th in stopping the run? And uh, that just still baffles me. You know, we have a $19 million defensive tackle. 
pretty decent defensive tackle in Earl Mitchell with some other guys around him, and yet they cannot stop the run. And that's, I think, one of the more baffling things about this team. You know, Cameron Wake's going to play in his first postseason game this weekend, and, and I'm glad for him because he deserves to play in big games. It's it's amazing that he's never played in a postseason game. Uh, he, he's a player when, you know, we look at numbers and that kind of deal and, and style of play a, a little bit similar to Jason Taylor. And, and I wonder, especially considering coming off of Achilles injury and the type of season, 11 and a half sacks, it's really a remarkable season for Cameron Wake. Like, when the time comes, is he a guy who would get consideration for Hall of Fame? No, I just don't see the numbers being there. I mean, that's uh, I think that's going to be very difficult. I think, you know, certainly he's in a great spot to win comeback player of the year this year because I think it's pretty much a battle between him and, say, uh, uh, what's, well, I would have to, a couple other guys that are out there. But, uh, you know, but I think, you know, Jordy Nelson. I think Nelson it's got to be Wake. I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's Wake over Jordy Nelson, in my opinion. John, what about the, the the possibilities of Vance Joseph? We talked a little bit about the defense being 30th and, and, and not being able to be in those tougher, top upper categories. What about the fact that his name's getting thrown around for, for head coaching it's, jobs? It's weird, right, John? Because usually these hot coordinators are guys whose units are, are near the top in the league. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, it is. and But I think he's getting some recognition, and there seems to be – I mean, I think there's – you know, I don't know about uh, the chances outside of a place like Denver because I think, you know, he's definitely in the mix in Denver. I mean, he was in the mix to be the defensive coordinator a couple of years ago. The Bengals wouldn't let him out to have the interview. And so I, I think there's a chance that uh, – you know, an outside chance that maybe he has a chance there. Now, I think is he as strong of a candidate as, say uh, – Kyle Shanahan or some of the other guys like uh, Josh McDaniels? I'd say no, but at least he is a candidate and kind of he is just kind of rose up in one year. Is uh, is Rex Ryan's career over as a head coach? I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in the next week he signs with us at ESPN. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you're probably right. But if he wanted to be a defensive coordinator, like he could still do that, right? He could, sure, but the question is, does he want to? And I think he probably doesn't want to. I think he would rather get into broadcasting, you know, do that, and maybe take a year off of coaching or two years off of coaching and just uh, do that and have some fun. But uh, it's going to be hard for him to get another head coaching job, I think. What about the comfort zone that Linehan's in right now with the Dallas Cowboys and having a young up-and-coming quarterback? Do you think he's ever going to get that other nod to get a head coaching spot? He might, but I think in many ways he's best served to stay as a coordinator because, I mean, it did not go all that well when he was a head coach. It was a big strain and I think he's having so much fun now and he's so good at what he's doing with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott and that Dallas Cowboy offense. Who's the poster guy for, you know what, just just not a great head coach but really, really terrific coordinator. Because whenever I think about that, Wade Phillips is the guy who comes to my mind. Oh, no question. And actually, yeah, Wade has a winning record in his times as a head coach, both as an interim coach and a regular coach. I mean, what? He, but he's the last guy that took the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. But, uh, you know, you would have him in the category. And there, there's so many guys like that. I mean, Rod Marinelli down in Dallas. I mean, he was a not that good of a head coach, but he's a great coordinator. Steve Spagnola. You know, you, you can look around the league, and that's one of the problems. There's too many coaching changes. And so because of that, you take great coordinators, give them the head coaching job, yank them after a year or two, and then the next thing you know, they're back in the coordinators doing a good job. I mean, but that's why there's way too many changes. I mean, there's six already, and we still don't know if any change is going to happen in Indianapolis and if any other surprise move happens. All right, John, hang on. I want to get some playoff questions for you, all right? All right, sounds good. John, huge Lions fan here. I understand the odds are slim for us to pull off the upset in Seattle, but what is the best way we can make it happen? You're talking about the Detroit Lions? Yeah. 
Well, the big thing is just making sure that uh, they can have that fourth quarter comeback by Matthew Stafford. You know, he's had eight this year. He's had 15 games where he's gone in and trailed in the fourth quarter. But of late, because of that finger injury, he hasn't been able to get over the top and get that victory. So that's really what needs to be done. You know, it's like they have a formula that maybe not be the crazy. It's a crazy formula because, I mean, they just don't have the ability to take that lead into the fourth quarter. If they can run the football with Zach Renner and at least establish something, they'd have a chance. But I think it's going to be very difficult. Another text question here, John. What do the Giants have to do to win in Green Bay? Uh, just get more points. I mean, that's the thing that's so strange about this team. They invested more than $200 million in free agency on defense, and they fixed that unit. Yet, at the consequence, they're only scoring about 20 points a game, and that's baffling. Now, part of it's the fact that they haven't had a running game. Maybe they can get something out of Paul Perkins, their rookie, but they haven't been able to get much out of anything else in the backfield. So that they can run the ball, take some pressure off of Eli Manning, but the big thing is get some points this texter just tuned in now wants to know if john clayton is rocking the mullet today oh absolutely why not yeah i mean you're kind of tucked in yeah you can't just cut it off John, what's going on with Sherman out there right now? I know he's got a little bit of controversy and and not wanting to talk to the media. I hope that's not addressed at you. Oh, no, it was funny because I was walking. Uh, I had to go over and get uh, talk to Devin Hester yesterday. And so I was, uh, he was walking off and uh, said, hey, am I included in this? And he says, oh, no, no, no. And so, in fact, uh, <laughs> text him afterwards, and it's like, we're fine. But I don't know. He's just he's going through this little phase that, uh, you know, he was not happy with the offensive play calling. He called out the coaches, and he's not backing down. It is weird. I was mentioning earlier in the show where I feel like the perception of him has done a complete 180 where you go back a couple years ago and found him. I think most people found him to be really likable and now find him find him upset and complaining about everything. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, maybe just a little phase. I still find him great. I mean, he's very easy to deal with. He's uh, very thoughtful. He's you know always opinionated. He'll he'll give you good stuff. But uh, yeah, this one's a little baffling in my opinion. This guy says here, hey John, uh, Seattle looking a little flat lately, especially because of all the injuries. Do you think they're going to turn it on here in the playoffs? We'll see. I mean, that this is uh, after five years of running the playoffs like this. This this team has you know more questions going in because they've not peaked yet. They've not found their identity on offense. I mean, they want to be a running team and they can't the offensive line hasn't been good enough they've had too many injuries in the backfield too much inconsistency you know they need a big running day just to get some confidence in that unit and you know so far it just hasn't happened which of the road teams this weekend john have the best chance of winning well, I mean, again, I don't know what you want to call that game between Oakland and Houston other than a bad football game. Yeah. So I guess either team can, you know, it's like Oakland can win that game. But I think that would be the one that they would have a chance. You know, Brock Osweiler is going to start. He's not done a very good job so far. They they thought they were going to be okay with Tom Savage, but then Tom has the concussion and hasn't been cleared. So overall, I think the, that's the one game that you have a chance. But I think, you know, then you look at the Giants, they have a chance too. Alex Smith and the Chiefs going to surprise anybody? Uh, I think you know that's, if they end up uh, getting Pittsburgh, that's going to be a great game. And you know that they have a very good defense. They're not great stopping the run, which is a little surprising. But, uh, you know, the question is, who can go into New England and win? And right now, other than Pittsburgh, I'm not sold Kansas City can do it. I don't know if anybody can do it right now. Dallas in the Super Bowl would be wild, right? Like that, yeah. would, that would get the most attention of anyone in the postseason, right? Oh, no question. No, that would just be huge because, I mean, I think you can see that uh, the ratings on the Cowboys now with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, are just massive. So any time that Dallas can make it, particularly in this uh, era where things are very popular for the Cowboys, it will be monster ratings. The one series that Tony got, that came from up north, right? That was a, that was a headman decision that wasn't 
anybody other than the owner Jerry Jones, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. But I think that, uh, you know, you can see that, you know, he's got a voice. I mean, because in a lot of ways, there was no plans to be able to do that. They wanted to protect him and not put him out there and risk his contract to injury, but he was able to talk his way back on the field, as he should. I mean, he's the backup quarterback. I mean, how can the backup quarterback not play? John, uh, which game are you at this weekend? I'm just going to stay here for Seattle, Saturday game, and then uh, start hitting the road next week. All right, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you next weekend. All right, sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.